Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning, February 9th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Happy that Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl or not happy? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Kyle Soppy produces and researches our fine show. And I am merely Eric Carabell, driver of the bus. Hello, Tristan. How are you? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Are you happy? Are you not happy? What do you think? I watched the Super Bowl and I'm disappointed it really wasn't that good a game. Yeah, it wasn't. And and by the way, congrats to the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but honestly, when I turn 43, I hope I can be as productive and successful as he is. How about that? Absolutely astonishing what he has accomplished. And you know, I, I probably seem like the, the fantasy football hater of Tom Brady, but I do have to applaud the unbelievable accomplishments. Now, so I haven't turned 43 yet. You have. So tell me, are you, you're, you're at the top of your game now at this age. I got to hand it to you. You still win all your leagues. You're, you're awesome on this podcast. A pal to all. Um, just congratulations. You're like the Tom Brady of the fantasy world. So if that's that? the case, are, are you my Rob Gronkowski then? Don't you even say that. Take that back. <laughs> can't stand <laughs> Don't you. It's don't Kyle even joke. Over that one, then. <laughs> Take that out. Take that part out. I don't like that at all. No. It's my letter Cornet. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, you got me there. That wasn't very uh, nice, but you got me. We're gonna, I'm, uh, I'm the Trevor Bauer. No, I don't want to be that either. All right, Trevor Bauer is now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers, much to the Mets' chagrin. Uh, or is it? It's a lot of money for Trevor Bauer, I got to say. I mean, lot, $40 million A real lot of money. Yeah. For a guy who, you know, we didn't like a whole lot heading into 2020. That was not a guy that you thought was going to be getting that. What was his ERA during 2019 with two teams? It was not good. Or something. Yeah, it was over four. He was giving up homers. He was angry. He was striking everybody out, but that was a 4.48 ERA. And then he chops three runs off it in a two-month season, and he gets 85-something million for two years. And then he can opt out and probably will. Um, my goodness. But, but, as you wrote, and I thought, and we texted, Trevor Bauer, for fantasy baseball purposes in 2020, I exalted him all the way to the top tier, to the back end. But I've got starting pitchers now at 9, 10, 11, 12, and he's number 12. He's right behind DeGrom and Cole and he is in, and, and Bieber. I put him all the way up there. Is that crazy? Of course not. I'm glad that I uh, gave you some good thinking here and got you to, to put him up at number four like I've had him for quite a while. And, and you know, that, that might have just been a lucky guess on my part, putting him fourth and then keeping him there now that we know where he's wound up. But I, I think the landing spot is a great one for him fantasy wise. And for many other reasons, <laughs> you mentioned he's making a heck of a lot of money. But I, I think it's probably the most interesting landing spot. And, and I, I wrote a lot more about this in the column, but that is the one team that could legitimately support Trevor Bauer's wish to pitch on three days rest every time. The Dodgers are, are I'm not going to say uniquely because they're not uniquely equipped for this. There are other teams, the Rays, for example, come to mind, but they could support him with that plan. And even though I don't think it's happening, I think we might see him pitch more frequently than some of his rotation mates. And that's going to help his, his value. And it's a good ballpark. There's a lot of pluses here. Do you really trust them? Like, can we really project an ERA of 250 or better? I can't. I, I don't think we can. Can we? I mean, it's a major strikeout guy, and he's going to win a ton of games on that team because unlike some of their other starting pitchers, he'll go deep into games. But what's the ERA range here? I mean, is it from 250 to 450? It could be anything. 
I don't think we're it's really trusting. We're really yeah, trusting in this guy. I think 2019 is the one you've got to toss aside. And 20, 2019, by the way, gave us the great one of chucking the baseball over the center field fence, which shows how powerful, how strong the guy is. Um, not a good thing from a, from a pure baseball perspective. But I think you just throw out 2019. I really do. I think that 2018 and 2020 were a lot closer to the true talent. And I know that the underlying numbers in 2019 didn't really support it. But his pitch-specific numbers were still promising enough. And he did a great job uh, adding to them last year. And the other thing, too, he's a very cerebral pitcher. I mean, this guy's constantly thinking about improving his game. He's And, and he's got two opt-outs. He's going to be trying to give his best this year. And, I, yeah, I, I think he could – this is one of the few places he could pitch a, to a 250 ERA, I think. Yeah, I moved him up. I mean, forget about, again, you're not having lunch with the guy. You don't have to tweet with the guy. But from a fantasy baseball statistical perspective, this is a dominant player in our game. And honestly, one of the first things I thought of, other than the Mets side, which just made me laugh, um, was what Dustin May and, and Tony Gonsolin. They're not starting pitchers now. Now, you can make the case that they'll they'll play it safe with Julio Arias, David Price, Kershaw. But Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, neither one of them are making 20 starts. I, I think they are that the Dodgers are now an ace, which is Bauer. They are three locked-in regular rotation members. And then they have the, the two to three swingmen work around the other guys' options. And that's May and Gonsolin. So I do think we are going to see May and Gonsolin. And this is not good news for their fantasy value. No. I mean, they're just not going to give you the volume. But I don't think we were expecting – them to give us uh, kind of was i mean i kind of expected what, what may i thought dustin may was going to break out and be a really great fantasy option and now i don't and and unless there's, there's another side to the story like julio Arias becomes their closer i mean i don't know why david price can't make 28 30 starts i don't know why kershaw can't bueller they've been careful with them but i mean this seems like 150 starts from these five guys i really believe that because the bullpen's good they don't need Arias in the bullpen I mean, Jansen, you know, but Gratterall, Trinan, Victor Gonzalez is really good. Knavel should be fine. Colorex is, you know, a loogie. They, they've got guys. They don't really need like long men, like man Gonsolin. So, and they're not trading them because they're already over the, you know, budget. I, he, he puts up in quote hands. I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> the point <laughs> is past that, uh, that, what is it? The, yeah, the luxury tax limits, the cap it. <laughs> that, that 20 teams are not even going close to anyway, Trevor Bauer, that's enough of him. Um, what else do we need to discuss? Okay. A couple guys returned to their teams, Marcelo Zuna to Atlanta, Nelson Cruz to Minnesota as projected. Um, in, in, in Atlanta's case, I think there's tangible value changing here because in Ciarte and Pache now, unless the designated hitter comes about, and I really hope it does, those guys won't play as much, or one of them won't. With Cruz, I, I expected him to go there the entire time, and I love their lineup. Um, but there's really not a whole lot to say here, except, like, I know, I think, that Nelson Cruz can do what he did the last couple of years. I don't know if Mazuna can do that. Is Mazuna really going to have a 1,000 OPS again? Or was he playing for a contract? It's a fair question. I do think that the underlying power metrics supported what he did. So that part of his game, I think he can repeat. I don't think he can repeat the batting average. And we've seen variability over the past two two to three years from him in that category. So the final number on the player rater is not going to be as good. I still think he's in pretty good shape to be potentially even a top 25 overall fantasy player. The only thing I don't like about this landing spot for him is just this is not good news for the defense for the Braves pitchers. I mean, having him in left field every day, yeah, mm, 
makes me a little uncomfortable there. <laughs> and I, I think they will probably lift him for defensive replacements. That's another thing that's a little bothersome yeah, about that. So he'll lose 20 PAs. Um, that's, I th- that's not good. When you're, when you're aiming for top 25, that's not good. No, but if he bats 300 with 35 home runs, nobody's going to care that he had 660 PAs instead of 680. Well, that, that's, that's high. Um, but I think 75% chance that there will be a universal designated hitter. I think Atlanta only did that because they know that's what's going to happen. Give me I actually believe – I, I think 75% chance of a DH in the wow. National League. I think they will get that figured out and the playoffs too. You sound like me on December 1st when you mentioned that you thought Nelson Cruz was going back to Minnesota, and I just poo-pooed the idea and blew it there. But I also really thought the National League would get a designated hitter, and he'd will. hope to, he'd hope to will. land somewhere in a good par- park. And now I, I think I'm on the 25%. I'll take you the 25% you're, you're leaving over, and I, 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 I worry. By the way, Azuna's at DH. Did you see Azuna's DH numbers? 362 average, 464 on base, 691 slugging, and he had 14 of his 18 homers. As a and tell me what that means, Tristan. Like, honestly, what does that mean in so few plate appearances? Does it mean it's, anything? It's it's small sample noise, yes, but the fact that they are so extraordinary in that role makes me think, was he a little more comfortable not having to worry about the defense when he has defensive questions? I mean, there that is a valid question, and if we're – nitpicking guys at the top tier of our fantasy rankings. I think that's something to bring up. I guess. But like when I see these players that have different numbers, whether it's lineup spot or whether it's the position they play, I mean, certainly there's a tangible thing of some guys, Alex Gordon couldn't hit a third, was comfortable and left, whatever. There's guys like that. But I think Marcelo Zuni has been in the league a long time. I, I just don't buy it. I, J.D. Martinez, what were his numbers when he played the outfield and when he was a DH? They were just great all the time. I, I think Ozuna, I, that's noise to me. But, but Martinez has been a DH. I'm, I'm saying that Ozuna getting the opportunity for the first time to do that, it's something I'm going to be watching. And, and you know, we're, we're talking yeah. a dollar at the table on draft day or a couple of spots. And even then, I wouldn't worry too much about it. By, it's, by the way, he is outfield eligible. I believe you said on the yes. last show he's not, but he is. 21 yes. games in the outfield. It was 19 and left. So he might not be eligible at left field in your league. If, if he had 19 and left, he's definitely, it's 10 games. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. But like so, the point so, is. Yeah. The, the issue is that it's a 10 game minimum for ESPN leagues. We do have the, the positions decided on players. And in Azuna's case, because he played more DH, a lot of places are listing him as DH. And that's what threw me. So on, on a notepad, I had that down, but he's outfield. Yeah. Another signing, and this is a m- lot more interesting than those two. Colton Wong goes to Milwaukee to play second base and presumably lead off. And what that means is Keston Cura is now a full-time first baseman. So if you're in a dynasty league, um, and I know you are, um, not just you, but everyone listening, that's kind of interesting. I, I, you, some are going to say Cura is not nearly as valuable as a first baseman as he is a second baseman. I would argue if he hits, I don't care what position he's playing, even if it's just DH only, which he could be too. Because, you know, is you're a better defender at first base than Daniel Vogelbach if they have the DH? That's going to be interesting. Like, they they have to sign somebody to play first base in the late innings if they have the DH. But anyway, Colton Wong spot goes way up in our rankings because now we like him again. He found a job and a good job. And Hura, did you move Hura in your rankings because of the Wong signing? No, because I don't think this is going to put him on the bench very often at all. I think that any of the defensive questions would have been the same. Well, but the by your Azuna corollary, if Hura loses 20 PAs because he gets a defensive replacement, isn't it the same? 
he would have been at least as likely to be pulled at second base as first base. Now, first base, the concern here is, you know, first base, it's very hard to pick up, as we learned with Mr. Hatterberg or, or uh, Star Lord. Incredibly easy. <laughs> incredibly hard. It's not hard. It's incredibly hard. Um, it's incredibly hard. Uh, yeah, I. it is possible that him moving to first base could be a train wreck. It's it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's a little like you know, you know we're and we're nitpicking intensely here on today's show with this. Right, I think he's going to be fine. But interestingly enough, you mentioned the dynasty angle. That's what I that's what I thought of first. Yeah. First of all, we should be talking about the seven oh seven OPS down two hundred and twenty points. Yes. Yes. That's most important here. Maybe he's not comfortable at second base in an Alex Gordon, Pat Burrow at third type of way, and now he's just going to mash and have a thousand OPS playing first base. That's possible. But yes, in dynasty leagues, if you had pegged him as your second baseman, like in a sim league, if you had him at second base and now he's a first baseman, that you know you may have to make a trade. So you yeah. know, it's just something to think about. So the to the to the dynasty point, the first thought everybody has in fantasy is that this is terrible for him. Because first base is deep and second base is not. And second base is not. It's not super deep. It's also a position that players move to when they're shifting off another position. A lot of times shortstops go there. First base is a position that other players shift off of because they can't handle the defensive chores somewhere else. So Hira sort of fits the description as to why we think first base is deep year over year. This is the kind of move that causes us to feel this way. But first base, frankly, it's not rich in prospects. And I would say it's to, to the level that we're going to notice the impact of that over the next half decade. So I am not worried about it. I don't think this is going to kill Hero's value in a, in a dynasty, dynasty keeper, any of those leagues. What bothered me about him is this guy swung and missed a lot last year. And when he hit the ball, it didn't change much, but he had some real issues making contact last year. And that needs a major correction for him to re- recover his career. Yes, he needs to hit better. And again, two months, I'm basically giving everybody who struggled to pass, you know, reasonably so. You know, a young player like that or Yelich on the same team. Like, I'm giving him a pass. Do it again. Struggle for the first two months of 2021. Then we got something to talk about. That's how I'm viewing Kesson Hura, Christian Yelich. Um, you name the Bellinger. Somebody, everybody who struggled in 2020. That's how I'm going to view it, I guess. Um, speaking of struggling. Hura's, by the way, watch in the spring. It's off-speed stuff. If he's not hitting off speed stuff, the problems are still there. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of problems, two pitchers found jobs. Maybe this is not worth more than 30 seconds of our time, but Mike fulton to the Texas Rangers, and King Felix Hernandez will look awfully strange in a Baltimore Orioles jersey. L-only format. Do you even spend a dollar here, or are they going to hurt you too much? Uh, I would spend the dollar on fulton uh, Texas did play pretty pitching friendly last year it was an incredibly small sample but the fact that it's not some sort of band box makes me think there could be something there and he you know if he he makes a couple of adjustments sure why not in king felix's case probably not but i'm also thinking in terms of labor where if you spend the dollar he's locked into your lineup and i don't want that i'd want to be picking the matchups for him I agree. I agree with that. He has to be a reserve pick. Uh, but you're right about Texas. Pitchers Park now, we believe. Fulton Everett's lost a lot of velocity in his fastball last season, and apparently he did something else to anger the Atlanta because he just got dumped after one outing. But we'll see what he does with Texas. Speaking of Texas, major trade. Not the kind we often see, but Elvis Andrews traded for Chris Davis, and there's some others in there that we'll mention here. Um, but do you care? I mean, it's one pitcher's park to another. 
Elvis now is a starting shortstop again for Oakland, whereas in Texas he wasn't going to play at all. He didn't run last season, but he stole 31 bags in 2019. And Chris Davis batted 247 every year until the last two years or until last year, uh, and the power was gone. But maybe it comes back. Do you want either of these players at all? Andres, perhaps, uh, because I really didn't think he was going to play regularly. This is a big boost to his potential playing time. Oakland kind of needs him to play regularly. And I do think they're going to pick and choose the matchups. They like to mix that lineup depending on who the opposing starting pitcher is. I think they'll avoid the the suboptimal uh, Andrews matchups. <laughs> Chris Davis, wow. I I should probably not say anything because I have nothing nice to say. All I can tell you is the hard hit rate for him. Past four years, 52, 48, 40, and 32%. Yeah, it's bad. And, you know, I don't think there's even a guaranteed spot for him in the lineup because Leota Tavares is their center fielder of the future and leadoff guy. And I think Joey Gallo is a good right fielder. And I think David Dahl, for the 80 games he's healthy, is the left fielder. Uh, and Willie Calhoun has to play. He's probably their number three or four hitter. So and Nick Solak, if he can't play second base, he'll have to be an outfielder or a DH. So I'm not sure Chris Davis even plays all that much. And there's no guarantee of that either. So what a weird team Texas is with that lineup because Kiner Falefa, a former catcher playing short. And then, like I mentioned, Calhoun and Gallo and Dahl, all left-handed hitters. But Chris Davis can't play the outfield. So is he just a platoon guy? He didn't even yeah. hit lefties all that well, did he? I don't think. He, he was he was miserable against right-handed pitchers last year. I mean, we we're talking miserable numbers. He actually, based on last year's returns, looks like only a platoon player. Now, he could rebound. It could have been the injury thing continuing to extend into last year and not an aging thing. But you're right. On a team that I'm looking at it, they're so left-handed heavy, it looks like he's a perfect platoon partner, and that's it. That's 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 barely even AL only relevant. Yeah, I mean, he did hit lefties last season and the year before, but man, against right-handed pitching, they can't use him at all. What what I got out of this is because I was looking at Jonah Heim, uh, the catch, the young catcher they got, and I was looking at him in a sim league. I had a draft over the weekend, an auction over the weekend, and the fact that Texas picked up Heim makes me a little bit concerned about Sam Huff. Didn't keep me from spending two bucks on Huff, but do you have any thoughts here in a deep league or an AL only? Because Haim is a good defensive backstop with a little bit of pop, I believe. I'm looking at his minor league numbers, and it looks like he can hit a little bit. And right now their starting catcher is, I don't know, Jose Trevino? I mean, Texas isn't even trying. Jonah Haim could be a switch hitting backstop, good defender, double-digit pop. I don't know, you squint maybe, maybe a top 15 catcher. I don't know, in a deep league. Yeah, I think it's a wide range of outcomes for him, but I'm looking at, he does put the ball in the air a decent amount of the time, has a very good contact rate. That, that actually is a big plus. Doesn't hurt the batting average. I, you know, stranger things have happened. By the way, to your point about Huff, I'm, I'm finding it very interesting that a lot of teams are finding ways to block the rookies that did come up late last year. And that's another of the examples. It makes me think that teams are going to be taking a, a, a return these players to the minors for more seasoning approach. Oh, I think we, been saying that for months. Uh, but I, I mean, McKenzie, look at the, the Padres blocked McKenzie doing. Gore. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Sam Huff is not playing in the majors anytime soon. But Adley the, the Rutschman. Other, yeah, we, we've got another one that the Reds just signed. You know, if we're I don't know if we're doing D Strange Gordon or not, but <laughs> but like that's another case. Like th- these players who came up and felt a little rushed. I don't know that we're going to see them for a while into twenty twenty one. How can the Reds, okay, like I understand not giving Didi Gregorius the money he wanted, okay? I, I'm okay with that if you're the Reds. You're, you're, you're not trying to win. But 
How can the Reds think that D Gordon can actually play shortstop? They can't, right? Like I would just throw Senzel there and just see what happens. But when's the last time D Gordon even played shortstop? I'm trying to figure this out. And he played a couple games. He wasn't a regular since 2013. Not even then. How the, the, this can't work and he can't hit. That's the bigger problem. But anyway, I mean, can D, D Gordon didn't even, he stole three bases last season. Yeah. Oh, come on. They're the reds are in a desperate spot because they missed out on every shortstop. And what I'm guessing is they're going to end up getting taken in a Willie Ibar trade or Willie Ibar. <laughs> uh, Willie. No, Willie you, Ibar. Willie they're not. Trade. They're not. <laughs> See, I oh, think not? there's 10 teams right now that don't they don't even care who their shortstop is. They don't even care if he's good or not. Baltimore doesn't care. Um, Texas no longer cares. The Reds don't care. The Rockies clearly don't care who's playing for them. I mean, they're, they're, define, it's a tank season without fans. Define what doesn't care when you're the Reds means then. I don't think the Reds. There? Who are you putting who? there? You got to put somebody there. Who are you putting there? I think that's going to end up being Strange Gordon. I mean, I'm looking at the rot. They're not trading anything of value for Willie Adamas. Uh, first of all, I think they could just play Senzel there, and they're just not telling anybody. Kyle Holder. Okay, Kyle Holder is the Rule 5 pick that the Phillies got from the yep. Yankees. A very good defensive shortstop who makes contact, no power. I bet Kyle Holder leads the Reds in plate appearances. Now, this is a fantasy show. You don't want him in fantasy. He's not going to hit any home runs. He's not going to pl- hit at all. But the Reds don't care. They're going to bat him eighth or ninth, and he's their shortstop. Kyle Holder can hold the shortstop job for a year. Yes. Leads the Reds shortstops in plate appearances. Not not yes. the Reds. The Reds no, shortstops. No, I, I think I meant short, Reds shortstops. Okay. Not the Reds. I, I missed the shortstops part in there. I just want to make sure we're all clear as listeners of the guys. No, that's, yeah, that's what I think. I don't think the Reds care who their shortstop is. So Kyle Holder is their shortstop. I also don't think they care about like back end of the rotation or if Lucas Sims's elbow is hurting, we'll do the closer carousel in a minute. Then Lucas Sims is not opening, not, not pitching in April. Why would you do that with a good young arm? So they're going to like, I was surprised they signed Sean Doolittle. Why would you do that? If you're the Reds, he was cheap. He's a million and a half dollars, but now we have suspicions when we get into the closer carousel, but the quick one in the red, why I asked you was Jose Garcia. It's just I, I think this is a signal that the Sam Hoffs and the Jose Garcia yep. is. Totally they don't agree. want them in the majors nope. early in 2021. They don't. Not at all. Not even close. Jose Garcia is not coming back to the major. He didn't hit at all last year in a small sample. He was, but. he was rushed. He was rushed to the majors. Of course he was. But he's 22, so he's not rushed that much. But, yes, he's in the minors for half the season. Joey Bart. There's a ton of guys just like that. Let's do the closer carousel, if you don't mind singing. It's the closer carousel. Sure is. And since our last show, the twins signed Alex Colomay, who had a great year with the White Sox, a great two months with the White Sox. I don't think he's a great pitcher, not a great strikeout guy, but he's Minnesota's closer now. And if you've got Tyler Rogers in a dynasty league, move on. I do not think this is a shared situation. I think that Alex Colomay saves 32 games and Rodgers saves like three. That's how I view Minnesota's closing situation. Do you disagree? I think you're pretty much right. Other than the Rocco Baldelli does like to get cute with the matchups in the ninth. So I could see it being 34 saves and and Rodgers gets six to seven really lefty heavy ninth inning save nights. But you're right. I think it's Colomay's job. And this is because Colomay had a 0.81 ERA in 2020 in two months. 
It was 16 strikeouts and eight walks and 22 in the third innings. He shouldn't have had a 0.81 ERA. He usually gives up a bunch of homers every year. He didn't go up any. A nary a home run in 2020. And now Alex Colomay is awesome again. But I'll tell you what. I ranked him in I ranked him in my top 10 closers because he's going to get plenty of saves. I don't think there's competition and even if his ERA is 350 or it's like 320 as it was a couple seasons ago in Tampa, he's going to get plenty of saves. And that's all that really matters when you're ranking closers. I mean, you can say what you want about Nick Anderson and Karinchak, but I don't know if they're getting 20 saves. Pretty sure Alex Colomay is getting at least 30. You know, I look at Colomay and I think he's actually been pretty awesome depending on your definition of awesome for quite a while. He's actually been awesome for 5 years. And the only I think problem he's outpitched his peripherals. That's, that's and there's where the mis- misconception is about him is is he changed his pitch selection last year and went with that cutter. He was going for contact. He's trying to become the Kenley Jansen and Mariana Rivera type where he's inducing the weak contact. He's giving up the strikeouts. And, and we don't like it because it doesn't suit us statistically. I get that. But I don't think that this is a big blow up risk pitcher. It's just he's not putting up the 081 ERA and the homers are going to come back. He was very lucky. When he gives up seven home runs this season, his BABIP was 217 in that two-month thing. I I just, come on, I I don't see this happening again. But you're right. I'd rather rather take Colomay than Kenley Jansen. He's Kenley's 20, I'm looking, I'm trying to see which year. Uh, He's Kenley's 2018. Maybe not with the not with the K's, but he but that style of ERA on the wrong side of three, I think we both agree with that. Probably, yeah. If we have to if we have to take a stand, yeah. Can you rank um Joaquin Soria now with Arizona as a top twenty relief pitcher? Because I don't think that's shared either. Why can't you? Why can't you? Because he's just not good. He's not good. He's He's the same every year. He's just as 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 as, just as I just wrote him up. Distant as Colome. He was awful last year. The, the The underlying metric said that if this was age coming to get him and he's 36, by the way, 37 in May, this could go very badly. But I do agree with you that they did sign him with the intent that he will close. So you're probably going to have to roster him. I'm, I am very concerned, though. I, a lot I, of walks, a lot of fly balls. I will agree with those things. However... If Colomay has a 325 ERA and 30 saves and Soria has a 350 ERA and 30 saves, that wouldn't surprise me in the least, which to me makes Soria a bargain in round 20, whereas Colomay is going to go in round 10. And that's basically the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is that I don't think this is a shared situation. I think Soria is, was signed to be the closer, just like Minnesota just did. And can Soria fake his way to 30 saves, which he hasn't done in a really long time? But, you know, even last season, now it was Oakland, big ballpark. One home run in 22 and a third. More strikeouts than innings pitched. Colomay didn't do that. Whip was higher, but also Babbitt was higher. So he didn't have the same luck. Babbitt was 304. I yeah, think there's a lot. A lot I think there's a, he had I a think, lot of luck. I think Soria? Colomay and Soria are a lot closer in value than anybody is going to say they are. I am passing up Colomay in round 10 and taking Soria in round 20. You don't have to do that. Not yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to have to pay the tenth rounder to get Colomay. If you do, oh, then I, I do. I see your point, but I'm not. Soria was very lucky with the home runs. It's the same story between the two of them, and I, I, I do worry that the decline has arrived with him. There's a much greater chance of that. You're right. Uh, it wouldn't. It, stranger things have happened. Okay, That's, I think I think you understand my point. You don't have to agree oh, with yeah. it, but my my point is the value pick there. It's the same thing I do on Dom Smith versus Pete Alonzo. And, you know, I, I can do 10 of these. Maybe that's a column or blog at some point where I said the value on these two pitchers, they may have the same numbers, yep. but 
One of them's going a lot later. Anyway, uh, Garrett Crochet, White Sox say he's going to be in the bullpen and he ain't getting saves. So I don't think you can even take him in, in a fantasy league right now. Um, and Yoshi Hirano went back to Japan in case you were going to draft him in any leagues, which you shouldn't have been doing anyway. Um, finally, the last part of our news segment today, uh, the report came out a little bit, uh, a couple of hours, uh, okay, came, came out on Monday afternoon, that um, we still don't know about the designated hitter or extra innings or any of that stuff, but the baseballs might be a little bit different in 2021, which I hate. Just stick with something every year. But if the baseballs, if they're doing this so there won't be as many home runs, this would ma- make run scoring go down in theory would that change and we don't know which teams are using the humidor and which aren't we don't know the drag on the baseball what it will be or what it won't be but based on this report do you change your rankings do you change your strategy not necessarily because we don't have enough definitive information in order to pick out specific players who will uh, benefit and the problem is if you're going to change the equipment for the game that's going to affect, I would argue, the majority of players pretty equally. Um, you know, it's the old thing when what we, we've, I mean, you and I've gone through this many times through the first pitch Arizona conferences. I did a whole panel on this about the baseball in the big 2019 season and the rising, uh, rising tide uh, lifts all boats was mentioned. It, it has an effect across the league. But what is interesting about the story to me is the increasing number of humidors that are being used in the game. The fact that there were five used last year. And it sounds like there could be as many as five more that are added to that list. I'd like to get that list because there could be some opportunities depending on which parks are using it. That will probably neutralize some of the park factors a little bit more. And that's where I think the fantasy uh, advantage will be obtained. All right. Let's bring Kyle, our friend, in and talk about some trivia and some hash browns now. Kyle, please join us and tell us your thoughts here. I want to know who leads the league in innings pitch since 2019. Talked a lot about Trevor Bauer. He ranks third on that list, but who sits atop the list over the last season and a half? Now, I know this answer, okay? And I'm not cheating either. I know the answer yeah. because I rank this guy better than I think everybody else, and um, he's one of my sleepers. And he's not a sleeper per se, but if you're talking about like a top 50 and nobody thinks of him that way. So I probably should take myself out of the answer of this question. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. But Tristan, you can answer it after we do hash browns. How about that? <laughs> oh, goody. I, I, you know I have a guess ready just because I, I've written some of the outlooks. Well, up I mean, here. you can certainly <laughs> answer it now if you want. I mean, and you know. Kyle Hendricks was the first guy that came to mind because I, you think you've ranked him so much better than us. I love Kyle Hendricks, and I tried to get him in this league I was in on Sunday, and it just the price went just through the roof, and I couldn't do it. But um, so I didn't not get Hendricks. him. It's not Hendricks. Hendricks. Is fourteenth. Great first name, but not the right answer. Oh, I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, it, there's some obvious names. My second guess is Grover T. Monster. <laughs> He's a monster, Kyle. He's a monster. Yeah. He ranks so far above this list that he doesn't qualify. He's flying high on that commercial. Defeat I loved it. And, and Cookie Monster was in that commercial. He sure was. It was the best of everything. It was, was the best of times. It was the best. Commercial. I, I, was, I was really excited about the commercials. Commercials were better yeah. than the game. They were way better than the game. Kind of year. a low bar to clear. <laughs> but they were good. Like, they haven't been so yeah, good, they were good in the past couple of years. I, Doritos I, is pretty good. Yeah. What was your favorite one? I love the Sesame Street one. I did. Yeah. But David Diggs is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like Sesame Street. I liked uh, she was trying to hide snacking. And yes. Shaggy was in the yeah. commercial. That was pretty good. 
Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah. That's my favorite one. I mean, that's just fan. And Drake. Oh, yeah. Drake, Drake from State Farm. Yeah. Paul Rudd and Drake in the same commercial. Paul Rudd's like, look at the resemblance that he can't even throw a football. That was fantastic. Oh, it was good. Um, all right, hash browns. What do we got today? All right, hash browns. First one comes from John. He wants to know if it's a current buy low opportunity for Joe Adele, and what are your outlook for him long term? I think the Angels told us the outlook for Joe Adele by trading for Dexter Fowler, <laughs> right? I mean, they the Cardinals basically said to the Angels, "You can have Dexter Fowler for nothing." Like one of those, like here's a dollar, you know, and just take this guy off my hands, take his salary. And because the Cardinals have good young outfitters, they have to play. And um, Fowler's not one of them. And the Angels said, sure. You know, we're reuniting with the manager. Joe Adele is not playing in the major leagues until August. I'm going to say less than, fewer than 200 plate appearances this season. Now, it doesn't change his dynasty value because in 2022, monster, great. But in 2021, I say fewer, and I know that's depressing and it's negative and nobody's going to like this, but I don't think Joe Adele is getting more than 200 plate appearances, and I don't think it's that crazy to say it. I don't either. Actually, I think that might be the public perception now that that what you're saying. Um, But I do think this is a buy-low opportunity, and it's mainly because John wrote in here long-term. And if he's talking about long-term, this is clearly a keeper of dynasty, Absolutely. This is the time. This is the type of player and situation where I would define it as buy low. And I will point out with my Joe Adele research, I have noticed he has an initial pattern of struggling when he gets to each new competitive level. So, yeah, he he might be all right the second trip into the majors, but he does have a very wide range of outcomes because he swings and miss a lot. And the Angels in the outfield right now, flanking Trout would be Justin Upton and left, Fowler and right. And he could defend and hopefully he can bounce back, get on base a little bit. And they still have pool holes as a reserve right now because the DH is probably Otani most of the time. And they have and, Christopher Lloyd and right. And Jared Walsh is the left, is the first baseman. That's funny. Um, and they have Juan Lagares, who they don't need because they have a great center fielder already. Uh, but they have Juan Lagares. I guess he could play left field for Upton late in game. They have a player. You might have heard of him. Yeah, they have Mike Trout. He's pretty good. And by the way, St. Louis, I mean, that Fowler deal made me think, okay, I mean, I thought Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill were going to play anyway, but now they clearly are in the corners, uh, and Harrison Bader is your defensive center fielder who can't hit. But Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill look a, a little bit better now that Fowler's gone. You know, that's a better lineup, I think. Bader's going to hit 20 homers, steal 20 bases, have 20 highlight real plays, and all the rest of his game is going to be awful. And by the way, it's not crazy that he can have a 2020 season. Harrison Bader has power against lefties, and he can steal bases. He's very fast. And they could bat him eighth or ninth. You know, that could work out. It's going to be one of the ugliest 2020 seasons ever, but he he definitely can do it. All right. That, That could happen. All right. Like Shed Long. Shed Long could do that, too. All right. What's next? That's Shed Long Jr., man. Get the name right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. My bad. Next up is Brendan. He wants to know if it's a stars and scrubs sort of year for salary cap leagues or if you're more likely to pay up for an ace and go balance from then on out. Oh, boy. I don't know. Does anything change? Like, why? if you were already a stars and scrubs guy, would anything change in that respect for salary cap leagues? I, I don't know if it would. I mean, an ace... Not necessarily one of the top four, but definitely one or two, probably two of the top 15 or 16 is how I'm viewing it. Pay up for that. But within reason, I I was in an auction over the weekend where the 
the pitching prices were unbelievably high. And I just, I didn't do it. And if that, that meant my ace is like Sandy Alcantara, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it and make sense of it all. So I didn't do it. But um, you're the guy who wins leagues anyway. So what would you say? This? <laughs> Why am I talking? Why am I? I'm oh, just no, driving no, the bus. I shouldn't on. be speaking. Come on. Um, well, you know what I thought about? Because we thought we joke about it a lot on the show. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. There's no question in my mind you win more leagues than I do. But I think I can make the case I contend in more leagues. Is that fair? I feel like I contend almost all the time. You are. I, yeah. You're. And, and and yeah, see this this makes it sound terrible, but I'd lock you in for second place as a starting point in every league. Why and are you laughing, Kyle. That's funny. That's funny. It's a compliment in a backhanded kind of way. It's <laughs> it's one it's one of those ones where if you're going to put yourself right in that range that you're within striking distance, it's not a big jump to get to the top. And I'm t- that's why I keep saying this is you know this is going to be the year. <laughs> It's not gonna be I know I'm t- I'm terrible and I'm going to feel terrible giving the an- my answer to this question. Please do it. I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with the fact that if baseball's starting on time and watching what's happening in for example the NHL that I can't go stars and scrubs because too many eggs in one basket. That's yeah. that's a good point. Yep. But it makes me feel terrible because I you know no, Love this game. Want to get into it and want to play it like it's a normal season. With we're a, just guessing ready. as to who and which teams and which players are going to get this awful virus. Mm-hmm. And some of the players may not even believe in the virus. Half the country may not. So the point being there, there is, is right. You don't want to invest in too many players from one team or multiple starting pitchers from one staff or spend all your money on a couple of players you know, what if you're the guy in an auction league who spends $50 on two hitters and one of them misses a month or two with the virus or an injury? That's a big risk. So, yes, this might be the year to go balance, I think. Which I I, I'm before. the guy who had Jack Flaherty and Gio Gallegos on one of my NL only teams and my season was over in yeah. the first week of August. That's why he wins all his leagues. And I finished we well. Need, in all we need a Tristan thinking emoji or something. <laughs> <laughs> this might be just saying I got eliminated like in the the 10th day of the season in that league i win all of my leagues <laughs> all right, we're on you in for first place not second place so that works <laughs> didn't i win more leagues than you in 2020 i think i did in 2020 doesn't matter it's irrelevant i like i like the narrative we have on the how show many, a lot how many, better. Did you, how many did you win i want to know three yeah you did win more than me i want but the, but the narrative we have on this show works much better with me being the underdog <laughs> i like Agreed. it a lot better you're uh, just like embarrassing me. I turn red. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. What's next? Greg wants to know what position you're getting your steals from. He says you guys always preach to get power from everywhere, but where can he get some reprieve and get some speed? Why do you have to get it from any position? Because uh, it's I, a category. No, I mean, you need to get your stolen bases, but why does it have to be like from middle infield? Does he mean positions or does he mean like which players? Because I'm not taking Montes in any leagues. Positions, right? I thought he meant by that um, a position. Yeah, I think he means like, does it have to be middle infield or outfield? And my answer to that is just take... I don't. I, I've already said I'm, I'm passing on Montes. He's going to be on my bus list if, if he has to go in the first five rounds. I and and I'm probably not taking Trey Turner unless I have like the sixth or seventh pick. So I want to get a bunch of players who I think can steal 20 bases, and it might have to be five of those players. You know, it might have to be Marte, who I love, Starling. It might have to be 
Whit Merrifield, who I love and rank much better than most of you other guys. It might be Bobo Bichette. It might be maybe my fifth outfielder has to be Manny Margot, who I'm not a big fan of because it's not a lot of power, but maybe my middle infielder would be Andres Jimenez of Cleveland, who I think can absolutely steal 25 bases. He's going to play every day in bat ninth, but he can do it. Um, you know, So I guess my answer to that, again, why am I speaking over you, is – it's not it doesn't have to be at second or outfield or anything. It's just I'm I'm going to take the balanced bulk approach. How about that? No, I, I agree. I, I don't think you want to tie stolen bases to one specific position if you can help it. Yes, yeah, shortstop has a lot of stolen bases. I think that it's likely that's where you're going to get a good amount of them. So be prepared for that. But I'm with you. I don't want to force it. I mean, shortstop's got Turner and Story and Lindor and Bichette and Mondesi and Anderson, Jonathan VR and the lower tiers there. You know, it's likely you're going to get some steals from that position, but you can look at other spots. I mean, you know, we, we've Dalton Varsho is a catcher who steals some bases. Outfield, you mentioned Marte. Eric. There's guys in the lower tiers from the outfield that I think you could, uh, if you you put your fourth or fifth outfielder, get a guy who can give you 20 stolen bases. I think that's another place to get some good options. Second base has a, a decent amount of steals too. All right, what's next, Kyle? Last one here comes from Adam Castle. He needs help with a keeper decision. Vlad Jr. Uh, Luis Robert. Oh, boy. How about that? That's a toughie. Is it? Robert's going to steal bases. Uh, I have some concern about the batting average, and I think we have to after what, what he did in the final four weeks of the season. And Vlad, Vlad's going to be good. I think Vlad's going to hit for power and average, but he's not going to steal bases. So I think even though I just said the exact opposite thing, I still think Luis Robert has to go ahead of him because that's 25, 30 stolen bases with 25, 30 home runs. Like Mike Cameron used to do this and hit 250. Luis Robert, I think, is hitting 250 and flirting with 30, 30. He's not a Cunha, but he's a Cunha light when it comes to power, speed, batting average. What's Vlad? What's Vlad right now? Is he is he batting 300 with 30 and 100 this year? He's, I'd probably take the under in all three. Eventually, he should do it. Maybe he does it this year. But even if he does go 330 and 100, Luis Robert can beat him with 50 points less a batting average because of the steals. Yeah. Cal, did he give a, a specific time frame here? Or is this just broad? He just said broad keeper question. He didn't say dynasty, but he said say keeper. If it's a keeper question, I'm thinking shorter term, and I'm all in with Eric's answer here. And you're right. He's he is fast. He grades much faster than you think he is. And my defense of Robert when I was uh, preparing the outlooks was the hand injury he suffered when he got when he tried that diving catch in August explained a lot of the struggles down the stretch. It coincided perfectly with it. I wonder whether the winter's rest is going to get him healthier this year and we get the full bounce back. And he's that superstar for fantasy that you always want. I, I, I love Guerrero. You know it. I love them both. But, yeah. but Robert's higher ranked right now, and you want the short-term production. Well, You're right, the steal. We should say Roto or points, because in a points league where the steals are not as valuable, the net steals, I think it might be Vlad, although he's not a walker. But but Robert could have a higher K rate than Guerrero, so that's a fair he point. He will. Yeah. yeah. I think in a points league, it's Guerrero, and in a Roto league, it's Robert. How about that? Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. Well, now the podcast is going to take a little turn. Um, rest in peace, our friend Pedro Gomez, our ESPN colleague and uh, excellent baseball reporter, passed far too soon this weekend. What a nice man he was. Always smiling, loved his family, loved baseball. He's the rare person, whether colleague or not, that everyone liked. I mean, everyone liked this guy, and we will miss him. Terrible news. Awful, devastating news. Yes. Ugh. 
And, and and rare is the rare that you could say that everybody liked the person. I mean, everybody likes Tristan. Nobody likes me, but everybody likes Tristan. But Pedro, everybody liked him. I didn't hear anybody say a bad word. Also, if you get the chance, please check out Jeff Passan's fantastic work on the Drew Robinson documentary. The story is still on the ESPN baseball page, and you can stream the hour-long doc on ESPN+. Plus. I actually spent my last pick in a 50-round NFBC draft last week on Robinson, and not because he's likely to play in the major leagues ever again or help a fantasy roster. He's probably not, but it's a fascinating story. That was just my way of acknowledging, I guess. Now, so many people in this country, this world, struggle with mental illness or know someone who has. I know people, that is for sure. Perhaps you know several people as well. It's hard out there. There are people who want to help. If you are struggling, reach out to family, to friends, to coworkers, to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, whatever. We're all here on this earth for a reason. And while I love baseball and fantasy sports, I do not think those are the reasons. Anyway, Drew Robinson, check it out. It's, a, it's an unbelievable story and great work by our colleague, Jeff. All right, that is all for today. Uh, thank you so much to Kyle and to Tristan. Uh, pitchers and catchers may report to spring training next week, we think, and we will be here to discuss the latest news, prepare fantasy baseball managers for the 2021 season, for 21 season, not the 20 season, the 21 season. Uh, Tristan, any final thoughts here? Be safe out there. Be healthy. I'll, I'll, I, I have to, I guess I have to guess Kyle's trivia, don't I? Oh, geez. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's okay. No, look, the, well said. I, it's, that's all I can say that it was, and it was an excellent piece of the Drew Robinson one. It's just, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to read. I, yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, now I have to go back to trivia. I mean, Bieber and Cole are the obvious ones, but I know that that's not the answer. Jack Greinke. Bieber, Cole, Greinke are all top five. Bauer's top five. You're missing number one still, though. You're missing my, 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 a guy who I rank at starting pitcher above you other guys. Ton of strikeouts the last two seasons. ERA, um, people are judging it wrong because his last outing was bad because the manager didn't care. Oh, Lance no. Lynn. Yes. Lance Lynn, number one, pitched first 15 this year. Lance Lynn leads the league in innings pitched since the beginning of 2019. Wait, where are you ranking him? Like 10 or 11 among starting pitchers. Oh. And it's, it's a ton of strikeouts. And I, going to the White Sox, I don't think changes his value. I think he's going to win more. I think this is a potential 20-game winner who could lead the league in innings with like 250 strikeouts. I hope I'm not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> I am a lot, but hopefully not on this one. Tristan, great job. Kyle, great job. I am Eric. Please have an awesome week.